Well, this was a fun one. Uh, it's not often that you get to interview the guitarist of one of the biggest metal bands in the world. Uh, but Richie Faulkner from Judas Priest is my guest today, and he's got a new album out May 26th with his band Elegant Weapons. The album is called Horns for Halos, and we're going to break down the new album, talk a little Judas Priest, and he opens up about his health scare, hearing a ghost, and so much more. Stay right there. No, it's all good. So this is exciting. Elegant Weapons, the new band, Horns for a Halo, May 26th. And you described it as a mix of Hendrix, Priest, Sabbath, Solo, Ozzy, and Black Label Society, but with melody. Yeah, I, I mean, when I say but with melody, all, all that stuff has got melody. All, all those, all those uh, influences have got melody in it. Uh, it's, it's heavy, but it, it's, it's got melody, you know. So uh, that's always been an attraction of mine musically. I, I like the heavier side of stuff. But uh, melody has always been a priority of mine, really. Something to get your teeth into musically and uh, sing along to, really. Yeah, the blind leading the blind a single, that's like, uh, it's kind of got a melodic sing-along chorus. Like, I could see myself chanting that uh, chorus, like, while singing along at, at a concert. Very cool solo. It's more of a fun song, but... What is it about? Is it about because uh, I'm thinking blindly in the blind could be like American education system could be a lot of things like what? You're absolutely right. It could be a lot of things. I mean, it's represented in the video as a kind of like a politician type figure leading, you know, people. But you're right. It could be it could be a religious connotation, political. It could be I mean, I'm, I'm a relatively new father, so I've got a almost three year old. So I'm kind of that's the blind leading the blind right there. Like I haven't got a clue what I'm doing, you know, so it could be it could be like a few different things. But um, it was a more dramatic take on it from a video point of view to, you know, have the pig like the rich pig type political figure leading the, the people. Uh, and at the end of the day, he, when you strip him down, he, he's just a pig and the people kind of come to that realization themselves that he doesn't know what's going on and we have to kind of find our own way, you know? So that's what was represented in the video. Oh, that's yeah. I like that. That's very true. I mean, people put too much faith in politicians or, or anybody, really. even rock stars. Sometimes we think they know everything. Nobody knows anything. We're all, we are the blind leading the blind, right? Yeah. Sometimes we, you know, we just have to kind of make our own uh, mistakes and find out, what to do on our own you know we can put faith in other people but fundamentally sometimes we need to find out those answers ourselves yeah i mean you definitely know guitar though like in the, the second single do or die i mean you're just shredding in that it sounds like you're having a lot of fun like the solos and stuff is that a fun song to play actually it's a pain in the butt to play you know we, <laughs> we, we you know i put it down um you know in, in the in the what's the what's the word in the safety of the studio you know you can go over it a few times and correct any mistakes and stuff when we've got into rehearsals uh you know we played it to speed and we, it's really you know it's quite the uh you have to get your stuff together you know what i mean it's quite it is fun but it's kind of you have to really kind of focus and play that stuff after a few you know, play it a few times you, you get it together but, um it's going to be it's going to be uh an enjoying uh we're not trying to say it it's going to be a fun song I can't even talk properly, let alone play the bloody thing. But uh, it's going to be fun to play live for sure when we get out on the live circuit. Yeah, that's good. And then are you going to do Horns for Halo? That's the third single. That's kind of got like a, 
a dark intro, a heavy, it's heavy. You said, uh, described it as t- Tony Iommi crossed with Allison Chains. Yeah, I think that's accurate. That's, that's what I get from it. Anyway, um, I actually caught when I was writing the song or when I was writing the riff, uh, you know, you got to say, you know, you save your, your ideas and stuff. And I actually put the working title down as Iomi because I thought it was something, it reminded me of something like a, like a vibe that Iomi would play, you know, that kind of Black Sabbath, dark and broody type riff that uh, reminds me of Iomi. So that's how the, that's how it took shape initially. Um, but yeah, again, it's, it's kind of a Melodic though, so it's got a sing-along chorus, um, and yeah, definitely more brooding, darker sounding, and that's the third single that comes out around the same time as the record, I believe. Oh, okay, so that one's not out to the public. Yeah, they're gonna like that. That, that, that song's actually in my head right now, so it's really good. Um, what about it, the uh, the song? I didn't get a chance to hear it, but I know there's a song called uh, "Ghost of You." That's uh, it's kind of a mellow song. It's got a detuned 1920s piano on it. And it's about a, a, a song of a memory or a ghost. Yeah, basically, it's uh, it's a little bit of ambiguity. You know, it could be either a lost love or someone that's passed on. You know, but basically, it's about someone that keeps showing up in our memory. You know, um, which I think a lot of people, a lot of us, can relate to. You know, we've we've all been in love before and lost love, or we've lost loved ones or whatever. Um, so I thought it was a universal kind of concept. Um, and I just thought, yeah, it's, it's got a bit of a kind of like a a smoky kind of bluesy jazz clubby type vibe, which I thought was quite strong on the on the imagery type thing. Uh, and again, with that kind of concept, I thought it was just a, it was a bit different, but something that kind of fit in with the with the record. So I went with it. OK, yeah, because I think you said you don't really get along with acoustic guitars. Is there actually acoustic on there or it's just more stripped down? No, no acoustic guitars at all. There's one guitar on it um, uh, in various forms. So it might be it might be a clean guitar or it might be a heavy guitar, but it's just one guitar. It's a it's a prototype for um, a, a, a Gibson Flying V that we've we've been working on for a while. Uh, should be coming out this year, but uh, it seemed to tick all the boxes sonically. So I went with that, and I didn't really need anything else. And uh, you know, maybe in the future I'll uh, I'll pick up an g- acoustic guitar if I need a different texture or something like that uh but i'm not drawn to an acoustic guitar like i'm an electric so uh on this one i went with the electric and stayed with it interesting was your first guitar electric did you ever play acoustic as a kid or anything um again bits and pieces it's more of a tool you know i'll pick it up if i need a a certain texture but you know if i walk in a guitar store i'll go straight to the electric section i'm not really attracted to the acoustic in the same way yeah well i like you playing the electric i think it fits so what about the song uh white horse i don't know anything about that one i just know there's a song called white horse what is it about well white horse is it's got a bit of a an occult um connotation uh and it's not a radio single put it that way it's not like it's not one of those songs that is it's not a verse chorus verse chorus solo finish it's it's got a few more twists and turns in that one um and i like that in um in music in general but definitely in in heavy music where it, it takes you on a journey um and as as i said there's a few more twists and turns so yeah it's one of my favorite songs on the record that one so a cult or is that something that you're interested in um i, I mean 
it, it's definitely uh, entertaining to read up on that stuff. I don't know if I believe in that sort of stuff or not. Actually, there was an instance in the studio where I was sitting here one night and there were some voices that were coming out of the, the studio speakers. I actually ran out of the studio. So I, I, I might say that I don't believe in it, but I ran. I believed enough to run out of the studio. So uh, I must have believed it, believe in it enough to run out. So, um, so yeah, it actually said a word out of the speakers and I've no idea what it was. So uh, maybe there's something ghost? going on. I, I honestly don't know. What, what happened was I was sitting here editing and stuff and there was a low growl that came out of one of the studio speakers. And I actually said out loud, I said, what the F is that? And as I said that, right after there was a word that came out of the stu- out of one of the speakers, and it said a word. I've no idea what it said. I don't know what the word means. Uh, but I, I just upped and, and ran out of the studio, and uh, yeah, uh, that's that's what happened. I don't think I've told anyone that before because it's a bit ridiculous. But you know, we brought up the occult, so who knows? No, I think that stuff is fascinating. Is this like an older building? Like, is it maybe have some haunted things in there? I don't know. Uh, uh, the the house was built in the '60s, so it's it's not that old, but it's not modern. Uh, but I think the the studio, the building that uh, the studio's in, uh, was a, a newer newer build. But we've 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 kind of made the studio uh, as a as a recent uh, modification. Um, but I don't know. I don't know the history of the land it's on or anything. But it was definitely like a. I don't want to say demonic voice but it was definitely like a like a low growly voice that said the word that came out the speaker um and what it said was buy this record no it didn't it, it said <laughs> no it didn't it, it was a word that i'm not familiar with and i've no idea what it means but it was definitely a word and uh, as i said it was uh, it freaked me out enough to run out of the studio that's creepy it might have been latin or something like no idea, man. And uh, you so, watch yeah. a lot of horror movies and stuff. You ever see The Exorcist, stuff like that? I mean, that's I love horror movies. I love yeah. horror movies. And as I said, I, I don't really believe in that stuff, but um, uh, I, I find it entertaining to watch and be scared. You know, for sure. Um, just you know, not a lot really scares me anymore. You know, the older you get, you see behind all that stuff. Um, you know, especially in Hollywood and whatever. But if something scares me in film i like that experience you know if i go to the movies and i'm scared by a movie then i like being scared but that that really scared me um so we came in and um we i don't know i don't know if this works or not but my other half she she came in with the, the sage and stuff i don't know if that works okay. whatever uh and um so i've had a few electrical things go on in here but i don't know if that's um otherworldly or just electrical stuff so uh, but yeah, all interesting stuff, none the same, uh, nonetheless. Yeah, well, because you had a health scare, obviously people know about that a few years back. Was that like a near-death experience? Like, did you see the white light and stuff? I mean, how close did you come? Do you know what, man? Uh, well, my heart, I had a heart bypass. They turned my brain off um, and they they chill you down. They chill your body down you're technically dead you're you you're dead so i tell you what i saw i saw nothing there was no i mean i've got no memory there was no white light there was no beautiful sound so i know where i'm going <laughs> there was you know i know where i'm not going put it that way but um yeah i remember when i when i came to when i came around i had no memory i had no recollection of any tunnel any white light any any chanting any beautiful music anything like that so uh um it, it kind of um 
it it was kind of uh, it set my mind at ease to some degree. Once you're gone, you you kind of gone. That's that's what I got from it. Um, it was just there was nothing. There was, it was literally nothing. There was no memory. There was no thought. There was no anything. Um, so yeah, but it it was I was technically dead. So uh, but I'm so I'm glad to be here talking to you yeah. about all this nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so it wasn't anything positive, but at least it wasn't, you weren't hurting, you weren't in pain. So that's good too. Exactly. That, that's exactly what I got from it. There, there was nothing, li- nothing, nothing in the true sense of the word, nothing, nothing, nothing. There was no, I wasn't thinking anything. I wasn't feeling anything. There was no memories. There, there was nothing. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I got from it. I know people get different things from it, but that's what yeah. I got. Yeah. It's interesting. Now, did that experience inspire any songs on this record? Uh, all the all the stuff was uh, I think written recorded uh, before that happened. I think all I had to do when I was better from that, I had to finish mixing it with Andy Sneap, the producer, uh, and mastering it, and then all the stuff like the packaging, the artwork, and uh, the label and management and stuff like that. Um, so no, all the all the um, uh, all the writing was done. Uh, I've actually uh, we've been working on the second record, um, and there's a, a couple of stuff, couple of songs, or there's one song on the new record that was inspired by it. But it's an instrumental, and there's like a heartbeat going through it and stuff. Hmm. Um, so yeah, just kind of like a, a musical interlude uh, inspired by that, but nothing, nothing lyrical, no. Okay, and then um, the other song that I, I just know about. The titles rose girl which is a this one's supposed to have a psychedelic 60s hippie vibe and it's about a rose girl who sells roses to people at a strip club and yeah, that didn't make the reflecting record. about what life is about yeah that, that didn't make the record unfortunately so oh, maybe that would, no um we, we had to make some cuts to you know just to make the record a bit more concise but yeah that was about um the the guy that wrote the lyrics for that, Tommy McWilliams, he used to go to a, a strip club down in down in Miami. Uh, he used to date one of the strippers there, and when he used to wait for her to pick her up after a shift, um, there used to be a lady that used to came come in selling roses to the patrons of the club, and he used to wonder what her story was, where she came from, uh, where she was going to, what was the story of the rose girl that came into the strip club in South Miami. Uh, and that, that's what that song was about, but it didn't make the record. So maybe we'll see it on a future release. Okay. How many songs are on this record? I think there's 10 or 11. 10 or 11. Okay. I don't remember. 10 or 11. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, uh, tell me about the band because I mean, would you call this a super group? Cause you got Ronnie Romero, who's worked with Michael Shanker and uh, Vandenberg and rainbow. And then uh, yourself, obviously Judas priest. And then uh, the bass players from Uriah heap and the drummer from accept. Well, I'm just incredibly fortunate to know, like some of my best friends are, you know, incredible musicians. That's just the way the dice landed. And I'm fortunate to be in those kind of circles, you know. Um, I mean, it's it's important to me really to have that camaraderie, especially if you're going to be on tour with these guys. You know, you're in airport lines or in planes or tour buses or, you know, you're waiting around a lot. You know, you're on tour a lot with them. So it's important to get on with each other. But um you know, and especially, you know, like, like there's Rex Brown and Scott Travis on the record as well. And they're legends. You know what I mean? I'm just fortunate enough to have those people in my circle. And I'm I'm able to call them up and say, hey, bro, do you, can you be on the record? Or do you want to be in my band? You know, I'm fortunate enough to be able to have those guys 
at the end of the phone. That's, that's, I'm just lucky to be in in that situation, really. Yeah. Now you're doing uh, you're doing shows with Pantera. Is that correct? Yeah, we're um, um, I think there's four or five shows that we're joining Pantera for uh, in Europe, and then the rest of them are some festivals around Europe. So we've got June and July. We're out for a couple of months with uh, weapons, and um, yeah, four of those shows are with Pantera. Yeah, that's cool. So you said you mentioned that a lot of your friends are musicians. I saw a picture of you uh, with Adam Jones from Tool. I was like, oh, that's interesting. That you know, it's not something a band that you would think Judas Priest and Tool, but you're a fan of Tool. Yeah, um, good friends with Adam. Um, um, I know Adam through the Gibson connection. We're, we're part of the Gibson family, um, and uh, he. he contacted me through gibson and asked me if i wanted to get up and do a song with them uh and without thinking i was like yeah of course i'd love to do that um and then when i thought about it i was like bloody hell that's now i've got to learn the song properly i know i know i know some tool songs like bits and pieces but if you've got to get up there and, and play it in front of people with the band you've got to know it properly you know so i i think it took me about a week every day like i was sitting there for like eight hours a day learning the song properly man it was it was uh it was no small uh no small feat but uh i've done it it was great it was great to you know play with the guys and meet the rest of the band and adam's a sweetheart he's a lovely guy um we talk you know every now and again and uh yeah again it's i'm just it, you pinch yourself sometimes you know that these guys are at the end of the phone and you can call them up and you know hey man have you seen this film or you know what do you think about this it's it's, it's a trip you pinch yourself all the time was the biggest, um, like have, being friends with all these rock stars, was that after you joined Judas Priest or did you kind of already have some connections before that? Because um, I heard a story you were living in Steve Harris's garage when Judas Priest called. Is that true? Yeah, he didn't know. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, yeah, I was, I was in Steve's daughter, Lauren's band uh, right. before I joined Priest. And uh, yeah, we went out, we were out with Maiden for a while. We were out with Thunder and Motley Crue and within Temptation, so we we were doing the rounds a bit. So yeah, I, I knew uh, I knew Steve. Um, so yeah, but I mean, since joining Priest, obviously we've you know we've had a few bands. We've been playing with a few bands, obviously with Priest, either opening up for us or on the same bills with festivals and stuff like that. So you do get to meet a lot of people uh, through that connection. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been fantastic. Yeah. Speaking of Iron Maiden, I was wondering, I want to get your thoughts. Do you think that they're going to be finally uh, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Because I think they're on the ballot again. This is the second or third time that they've uh, been nominated. I don't know, man. I mean, that whole Hall of Fame thing, um, you never know who's going to get in these days. It's, 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 I don't know, especially the metal, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the, the metal, nominations uh they might be on there but i don't know it just seems like such a wild card these days the metal so underrepresented on the on the hall of fame ballot is ridiculous so it's kind of it almost doesn't mean anything anymore i mean maiden or another band like priest they're touring the world after almost 50 years they're putting out new music that's i've said it before about priest it's that's more of an accolade than any trophy on the shelf you know like they they've got a fan base that's legendary they're putting out great records fantastic tours great productions that's what it's about you know to me anyway um 
So whether they get in or not, I don't think they're too bothered, to be honest with you. I could be wrong, but <laughs> yeah. from what Bruce has said, it doesn't seem like he's too bothered. Um, I think they're more concerned about putting out great music to their great fans around the world, and that's the way it should be. Yeah, and we're both playing to these large audiences. I think that's the other thing. Yeah, you could be around for 50 years, but you could be playing a sports bar, but you're playing like arenas and, and uh, stadiums. Well, it's the fans that put these bands there, you know, uh, and that's the accolade. That's the, you know, I think you, even if you're around for 50 years and you're playing sports bars, so what? That the you, You're doing what you want to do, but the, you're right. You, they're playing to legions of fans around the world that put them there for, you know, 50 years, almost 50 years in Maiden's case. Um, and that's, I think that's what it, that's the biggest accolade you can have is that those fans put you there for that long um and that doesn't get any more meaningful than that in, in my opinion no absolutely with elegant weapons would you guys uh you have obviously the european dates um would you do any american tour dates and if so like what bands uh what bands would you want to tour with like is there anybody that's put out new music that you personally are enjoying oh i'd love i'd love to play the states you know hopefully in the future we'll be able to pick up uh some dates in the States or a support tour or something. Uh, I love uh, Wolfie Van Halen's band, uh, Mammoth. Uh, that would be that would be cool. Uh, Alice in Chains. I'd love to play with Alice in Chains. Uh, Black Label Society. Um, I mean, there's a few of them. You know, Metallica. I'd love to play with Metallica. You know, there's a few of them. I'd love to, you know, uh, I'd, I'd consider tons of bands, really. Um if it was appropriate, you know, just the, just a few I've mentioned off the top of my head, that there'd be great billions, I think. Um, so yeah, we'll see what the future holds. Yeah, you mammoth Black Label Society, that'd be fun. That'd be. I feel like Metallica Damn. would be cool too, but it's like it's going to be too big. I want something like more intimate, you know. I like that's mammoth. Just came to my city and I missed him. It was like on a Tuesday or something. But I'd love to see them live. I'd love to see Elegant Weapons. Like it sounds like I said, like your songs are so catchy. I feel like I'd be singing along while while you play them. Oh, I appreciate you saying that, man. Yeah, it's, as I said, we said right at the beginning of this, of this interview, like melody has always been a, a, an important thing to me. So, and I think Wolfie stuff is the same, really. You can you can sing along to them; they're heavy, uh, they're catchy enough without being cheesy. Uh, and uh, he, he's doing great. He's out with Metallica at the moment on on some of them dates, and uh, yeah, I think that would be a good pairing, to be honest. Now, how does that work? Because um, obviously, you're still in Judas Priest too. Did you have to? Do you have to play this the riffs? for rob halford and he goes yeah you can have that because i mean some of these songs i'm like i'm thinking rob would have gone no i want that for the next priest record <laughs> well the one of the things about this was you know during the covid pandemic uh we had the time we we were off the road lockdowns prevented us from going out on the road so we weren't touring also the priest record was written so all the creative ideas I could draw a line underneath those. And so anything new that I was coming up with, I could dedicate to this record. So um, it was, that that was the situation really. So I knew that anything I was coming up with, I could, I could, I didn't have to give it to the priest record. It was done. So that was, that was the luxury really. Um, but no, Rob, I showed Rob uh, these songs right in the demo stages uh and he loved them he and he uh he's always been interested to hear more stuff and um he's interested you know who the singer was obviously and stuff like that so he's always been a supporter and rob's always you know had his own side stuff as as well you know 
outside of Priest and during Priest. You know, I think he had his Christmas stuff not so long ago. Uh, Glenn's had some solo stuff outside of Priest. You know, so they've always flexed their creative muscles outside of Priest. And uh, this is no different, really. Is there is there rules for being a member of Judas Priest? I mean, because... Rob's basically your boss. Like, does, is there certain things like you have to sign non-disclosure agreements or like rules and things like that? Or does he just pretty much trust you to use good judgment on, on everything? Yeah, I think um, it's all pretty much, you know, you've got to use your brain. Uh, you know, just don't do anything stupid. Um, we, we all talk to each other about ideas we've got of things we want to do uh there's a healthy level of respect between the band members and the management and so there's you know it's like me and you if i wanted to do something and you know me and you're in a band it's like i'd run something by you just like sportsman's agreements and you know like you know i've got an idea i want to try and do this what do you think about me doing that would you have a problem or what do you think about this it's just like normal stuff you know it's uh it's not really rocket science and you know that's the way it's always been since i've been in the band Oh, that's cool. So yeah, I just saw today that uh, you guys announced new tour dates for Judas Priest. But I think it's not till like 2024. Um, is this now? This isn't going to be the final tour, is it? Because I know Aerosmith just announced that they're doing their Peace Out tour, so they're done after their tour. What about for Judas Priest? Well, not that I know of. Um, it could be. Who knows? No, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean. Um... As I said, we've been working on the record. I think the record's almost done. Um, so, you know, once that's done, we'll let everyone know. Um, usually with a record, there's dates that come with it. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really think about, I mean, obviously when I joined the band, it was the final, it was supposed to be the final tour. So I was thinking about it then. Um, but it's not really something, I know some sometime, at some point, it's going to happen. Um, you know, the, the guys are over 50 years in, you know, so one day it will happen, but you know, when it, when it happens, they'll be the ones to tell us, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, what's smart too, about you doing elegant weapons that prepare for the future. I mean, cause it's Judas Priest is going to be around forever. So you got to have some other things to work on. Well, yeah, hopefully it lays the groundwork for what comes after. Um, as I said, I, I joined on the, on the farewell tour. Fortunately, the band is still around today i'm still talking to you about you know new tours and new albums and stuff like that and that's fantastic but uh i had a conversation with glenn tipton over 10 years ago when i joined the band uh that the band aren't going to be around for 20 25 years um so it was a uh, i was very much aware that i needed to think about what i was going to do after priest but as i said you know it's up to them when they do that and uh you know when they tell us we'll we'll figure it out you know yeah. So is there anything you can tell me about the new priest album without getting in trouble? Uh, it's a heavy jazz blues influence. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going for that. No, yeah. no, uh, no, it's, it's sounding great. I was in, um, Phoenix a few, few, um, weeks ago with Andy Sneap and Rob Halford putting down some vocals and it was sounding fantastic. It's like, you know, you're, you're working on new, stuff that the world hasn't heard and you're hearing that legendary voice putting down new experiences in the priest universe you know so it's always a thrill to be a part of that and hear those new songs take shape and those new kind of um sorry my, my battery's taking a shit here oh, oh. There, there you go uh you know those new um those new songs that might um 
be part of the live experience take shape you know that that kind of thing it's really exciting so we can't wait for the world to hear it when it comes out yeah i can't wait I, i'm a love the firepower i mean that was such a uh have have a uh, critically acclaimed album it got such great reviews from critics and fans so i'm sure the the next priest album will be amazing as well well you know it's a it's a dedication really to do something that's quote unquote better than that i mean that's i think what they've always strived for you know with every album that how can we do something that's you know a, a better performance a better song a better take a better sound but whatever better means um and this is no different really how do we make something that's better than firepower uh and it's tough because it's subjective to so many different people you know um but that's that's the challenge and one that we have to rise to and hopefully we get get it right and uh so yeah we're trying and uh it, i think it's it's great it's it's different than firepower uh, it has to be it can't be the same thing there's no point doing the same thing twice uh so it's going to be a different experience but uh i think i think you guys are going to dig it yeah well in the meantime uh fans should definitely check out elegant weapons i think uh if they're fans of priest and you they're going to love this band i i think it's great uh, May 26th, it comes out, and then hopefully you're going to tour U- Europe and ho- hopefully the States will have to see some shows. That'd be fun. Hopefully, yeah. We're looking at different options, you know, beyond Europe. Europe's June, July, and then beyond that, we're looking at options, um, obviously, before the priest tour rolls around, and that'll be here before we know it. You know how time goes these days. It's like you blink your eyes and it's May already. You yeah. know what I mean? So. June, July in Europe, and then hopefully we get some options uh, and opportunities opening up in the States and beyond. So watch this space and we'll let you know. Okay, awesome. And then I always end uh, promoting a charity or nonprofit. Is there something something you want to promote here at the end? Oh, yeah, the John Ritter Foundation for Aortic Health. They, uh, they, it's always, uh, Aorta is what blew up on me. It wasn't my heart, it was the aorta. So it was the the big uh, artery that goes through our bodies. Uh, and sometimes it gets misdiagnosed as a heart attack, and that's what you don't want to do. So it's ra- they raise awareness for aortic health uh, and preventing, um, you know, raising awareness for uh, and just basically taking care of aortic health and stuff like that. So it's the John Ritter Foundation. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes. So, yeah, because I was just curious because, um, yeah, you said your cholesterol was good. Obviously, you're not obese or anything, and you're young. So it was just sort of a freak thing. So if people go to the doctor, can they get uh, checked for something like this that, that would be able to prevent it? Yeah, you can. You have to specifically ask for it because they, usually they check your heart and you know your blood pressure and stuff like that. But you have to specifically ask them to look at the aorta because the, the aorta, my, you know, they won't look at it if you don't ask them. Um, so if you look at the John Ritter foundation, they, 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 there's certain checkpoints they advise you to look for, um, so that you can, you know, you can go to the doctor and look at certain points to make sure that everything's okay. Um, cause it's not something that people normally are aware of or ask to check. So it's definitely worth making a note of. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, I'm so glad that you made it through that because you got a great gift of music and you're bringing that to the world. So I appreciate it. Thank you, Chuck. I'm very grateful to be here, man. So uh, hopefully see you soon in the future. All right. Thanks so much, Richie. I'll let you get to the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you, bro. Take care now. Great stuff from Richie Faulkner. 
Uh, seems like a very cool dude. I really enjoyed this interview and I hope you guys did as well. You can let me know by liking, commenting, or sharing the episode on YouTube and social media. And make sure to follow Richie on social media as well. And of course, check out the new album from Elegant Weapons. It's available May 26th. If you're a fan of metal, I think you're going to enjoy this. Uh, great guitar work and singing and drums and bass and songs and just overall kick-ass band. So check their website in the show notes for tour dates and support the band by buying some merch. Uh, they have some really cool t-shirts. My guests appreciate your support. I appreciate your support of the show. And again, please make sure you're subscribed wherever you watch or listen. We have some great guests coming up, so you'll want to stick around for those. Thanks so much. Have a great day and shoot for the moon. Shoot for the moon.